You are listening to a message from Parkway Church in Corona. We thank you so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, we would love for you to join us on a Sunday morning here at 10 a.m. If you'd like more information, click on our visit tab on our website. Well, who knows what today is? Um, Yes, very good. Do I sound like a Sunday school teacher? (laughs) I hope I don't sound too Sunday school. Yes, it is Palm Sunday today. Sorry, just got to get my notes out here to get all my technical stuff done. that none of this falls off me now. Uh, Yes, today is Palm Sunday. And Palm Sunday marks the beginning of Passion Week. And this this week basically marks uh, the most significant week in history for us as Christians, right? And, you know, as I started to reflect on Palm Sunday and the Passion Week, the idea of the incarnation, Jesus becoming flesh, was something that became more real to me. And for you who don't know what the definition of incarnation was, because I really didn't until I actually just studied it in school. (laughs) It's actually, um, Jesus took on flesh and became fully and truly human without ceasing to be fully and truly divine. And that basically is the meaning of incarnation. So when we look at that, we say, we see the Trinity. And, you know, the Trinity was and the Trinity always has been. There's never been a time when there's never been the Trinity. There's never been a time when there was just the Father and there wasn't the Son and there wasn't the Holy Spirit, or there was the Father, Son, and there wasn't the other. They, they've, all, they've all been, and they always have been, dwelling in a, in a fellowship and relationship um, for in, infinite time. We, that's just the reality of that. And so one of the Trinity had to come and step down into creation. And the reason why that had to happen was because one of the, one of the Trinity had to come down and come to our level to reach us. And so Jesus, the beloved Son of God, stepped out of eternity into history. And he became the meeting point, the meeting point, the union point, the connection between the Trinity and us. And uh, humanity on the other side. So we've got, we've got the Trinity and we've got humanity. And so Jesus became human to be, to be the place where life, the life of the Trinity intersects and flows into human existence. And Jesus came to be the mediator the one in whom the divine and the human meet and share life. So it was kind of interesting because I just did this whole study on the Trinity, and it was written by a, a gentleman that actually knows one of the professors at, at Master's College. It was a very interesting take on it. He didn't have a lot of scripture in it, but he called it the, um, the great dance. And it was very interesting about how he had portrayed the Trinity, and, and I believe a lot of it was, was truth. But yes, the, in reality, the Trinity, one of the Trinity had to step down into creation to reach our level. And Jesus entered the human equation where we, we are at, where we are. He didn't, he, didn't come, he didn't enter the human equation back in the Garden of Eden um, before the fall of Adam, but after the fall. And thus he entered into the midst of like human corruption and, and disorder and brokenness and disease. And he entered the only human existence available, and that's the fallen human existence. So what I wanted to share with you this morning, and this is what really kind of touched me when I was thinking about it, because believe me, this week I have definitely felt my humanity a lot because, like I said, I was sick with a stomach flu and we were down in our house for about three or four days. And I said to Bob Rush, we were just joking around yesterday, I don't like getting old because you don't swing out of these viruses very easily. But anyway, I, when I was just praying about things, I thought I was just thinking about Jesus' humanity. And 
I just wanted to really touch on that today because I, well, you'll, you'll understand why when I get to towards the end. But the New Testament is very clear in pointing out that Jesus was fully human. In John 1, 14, it says the word became flesh. Flesh. He was born. He was born. We know that. We celebrate his, we celebrate his birth at Christmas. So he was born. He grew. He grew tired. He got thirsty. He got hungry. He played. He became physically weak at times. And he died a physical death. So when we're looking at Calvary, when we're looking at the cross, we are seeing a human being dying a physical death. That's what we see. So throughout the Gospels, Jesus clearly displays human emotions too. He wept and he had compassion and he rejoiced. And those were all things that we can relate to because we feel those things. They're emotions. So when I was looking towards Palm Sunday and I thought, okay, well, you know, just kind of relate that to Palm Sunday and stuff too. I was reading, if the scripture I was looking at uh, for that whole text was in Matthew 21. And just prior to this, Jesus had really clearly depicted his death to the disciples. And he basically laid out what was going to happen to them. So, he, give, so he, he, he starts and he gives them some instructions. And he says, I want you to go into the village over there. And as soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with a colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone asks you what you're doing, just say the Lord needs them. And he will immediately let you take them. So he had this done to fulfill the prophecy in Zechariah 9.9. Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious. He is humble riding on a donkey. Riding on a donkey colt. So Jesus would ride into Jerusalem. And Jerusalem was the city of sacrifices. Right? And Jesus himself was the ultimate sacrifice. So you can see the symbolism there. He rides into the city of sacrifices, right? And he rides in coming in triumph. And he really hadn't taken a huge public display in his ministry, really, um, you know, when you really think about it up until this point, because he had been, you know, he had been definitely healing people and he had been, you know, doing miracles and stuff like that. I'm not saying that he wasn't doing anything, but in terms of just like a procession, you know, here comes Jesus riding on a donkey, right? And he, he rode on a donkey, and it was, it was neat when I was sort of doing some research, and I know that, you know, this is kind of probably all secondhand news for people, but, you know, he, he, it, was, it, was, it was a humble state. You know, he didn't come riding on a horse, which would have been something like a king or something that, you know, going to war. Um, he would ride in humility, not majesty, he would come on a donkey, right? And all along knowing, but it, the thing is, is all along when he was riding into, into Jerusalem, you know, he, would, he knew what he was facing. He, he remember, like, he, he was riding in. And remember, he was completely human. So imagine the torment that you would face if you knew you were a dead man walking or riding, right? So here he is, and he's still coming in triumphantly. He knows what he's doing. He's coming in, and he's, and he's coming into Jerusalem, and he's accepting basically, what his, his place is. He's coming into the city of sacrifices, right? And as Jesus rode, it must have looked like a huge celebration, and the crowds of people were most likely coming into Jerusalem to meet Jesus and the Galilean pilgrims accompanying Jesus, and they all formed like a procession of praise, and messianic fervor was, was high, and perhaps this contributed to Jesus' desire to present himself as the Prince of Peace. And people were spreading their garments on the road, and and acknowledging Jesus' kingship. And custom probably would have had them even like hanging tapestries on the walls and on the trees. And, you know, it was quite a spectacle, of, you know. And the tree branches, like they, were, like they were all spread on the road. That's why we talk about even the, the palms, which we don't have this 
Sunday, but we sometimes do, like the palms for Palm Sunday. That's where that sort of comes in with the tree branches. And the people were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And Hosanna, I just kind of did a little kind of word study on Hosanna. And it's often thought of as a declaration of praise similar, similar to hallelujah. But it's actually a plea for salvation. And the root words are found in Psalm 118.25. Save us, we pray, O Lord. The Hebrew words, and I'm not sure if I'm saying this right. It's probably not, but yasha. Deliver and save and Anna, beg and beseech. They combine to form the word that in English is Hosanna. So literally, Hosanna means, I beg you to save or please deliver us. That, that really stuck to me because I always thought, you know, when I, was, when I had read that scripture before, I thought, oh, Hosanna was a praise, but it's like the people were crying out, I beg you to save. Please deliver us. So when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, they were acknowledging Jesus as the Messiah. And theirs was the cry for salvation and recognition that Jesus could save. Right? So Jesus rode into Jerusalem being fully human and fully divine. And he heard the cries of the people, and Jesus would bring salvation. In the days to follow, Jesus would be the one that would connect mankind with the Father again. And he would bring salvation through his death and resurrection. And we know that, you know, most of us know that. You know, as we go into Passion Week, we know that. We reflect on those things. But I don't think we can fully fathom just what he must have went through being fully human. Right? Just what Jesus, Jesus experienced. Just what he gave for us. And I know this isn't a Good Friday message, and I'm not trying to make that. I'm, I'm make it that. But the fact is, is that Jesus was just like us. Jesus was just like us. That is, why, that is why we can call him a brother and a friend. Because Jesus was human, just like us. Just like us. And sometimes that, that's hard to grasp, right? Jesus took a human body to save our bodies. He took a human mind. He had a human mind to save our mind, Right? And without becoming a man in his emotions, he had emotions, he could not have rescued our hearts, right? And without taking a human will, he could not save our broken and wandering wills, right? So Jesus took all of those things on. Everything that you have, body, mind, spirit, will, Jesus had those things. Jesus took those on when he stepped into history. When he stepped into history, he took those things on. He became man in full so that we might be saved in full, right? Hebrews 2.17 says, Therefore it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brother and sister, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Yeah, I really like that part. He, to be made in every respect like us, his brother and sister right? So that he could be our merciful and faithful high uh, priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. You know, you know, as I was thinking of this, I thought, you know, how you think of, you hear things over and over again sometimes, and you think, oh yeah, I know that. You know, I know that Jesus is fully human, and he's divine. You know, I, we think of things, you know, I, I, this kind of happened to me when I was kind of you know, reading about this a while ago, I was like, yeah, I know that, but this really sunk into me this time. You know, the humanness of Jesus. You know, seeing Jesus as God really has never been a problem for me. I don't know about you, but 
When I pray to Jesus, I see him as God. That's not a problem for me. But seeing him as human, that's a little bit of a problem for me. Um, I've, I've never really taken time to reflect on that and to really understand the humanness of Jesus, right? Because in the incarnate Jesus, we are seeing God fully human, fully divine, right? I know that Jesus never sinned. I was in need of a savior. The thing that struck me about the scripture about Palm Sunday is the people shouted that day, Hosanna. And remember I said to you, it says, I beg you to save or please deliver us. Remember? You see, they had seen all along the human Jesus walking among them. They had seen Jesus walking in the crowds and and they had seen, some of them had seen Jesus growing up. And, oh, there's little Jesus over there. He's like, you know, that's Mary and Joseph's boy. He's like, you know. And, uh, you know, and then he goes to temple. And, you know, he grows up. And he's a little carpenter. And, you know, he does those little things in the village. And they all seen the human side of Jesus. They all know. They had no, there was no dispute among them that Jesus was truly human. But this time, when Jesus came in to Jerusalem, they recognized the divine. They recognized that Jesus was divine. They recognized the God side. They recognized he was the Messiah when they shouted, I beg you to save or please deliver us. You see, that shows me right there in Scripture that something happened, that they grasped something right there. Now, I mean, we could go on and carry on to the rest of the story and say, well, maybe some of those people were the ones that shouted crucify him. And I don't know if some of them were. But we're looking at this point right now. At this place right here in Scripture, they recognized not only had they seen Jesus, the human side of Jesus, but they were recognizing the fully divine side of Jesus, that he was their, their Messiah, their Savior. It's important for us to grasp both of these sides, to see him for who he truly is, right? To know that he accomplished all that his Father sent him to do. He accomplished all of it for us. In John 6, 38 says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So we see again, looking back, when I was talking to you about the Trinity, how, that, how Jesus came down and he, he stepped out of eternity into history. He was part of the Godhead. He came down to relate to us. He came down so that, we could, that he could save us for who we are, human beings. Relating to all the things that we go through, relating to everything, relating to pain, relating to suffering, relating to sorrow, relating to, to joy, relating to rejoicing and, and family and all that kind of things. He was, he was brought up in a family. He knew family. He loved. He probably lost. We don't know all of the story there. I know that he rose a few of his friends from the dead, right? So, I mean, he, he definitely experienced the things that we experience Right? And so to grasp that human side of him, if we do not grasp the human side, we miss the whole concept of the cross. I really believe that. The whole thing, everything that Jesus accomplished, I think we don't get the full picture. Because if we don't see him as fully human and fully divine, the incarnate Christ, if we don't see that he has that, you know, he did all of that while being fully human. Like I just think, you know, this week I'm like, I'm such... I'm, a, I'm such a wuss, okay? Like, I'm just like, when I get sick, I'm a wuss, okay? I'm, and, 
And I, I just don't, I, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need, I need a cold cloth for my head or, you know, whatever. And I'm thinking, and I was thinking about that this week and I'm like, man, Jesus suffered. Human body, folks, human body, okay? Feeling pain. It wasn't like he was exempt from pain. It wasn't like, you know, God rescued him from all of that and hid that from him. Every stripe he bore, he felt you know, everything, every, every nail that was pushed, the nails that were pushed into his, his well, some people say here, whatever, um, every, the crown of thorns pressed on his head, every beating he took, he felt every little thing. And I'm not just saying this to sens- sensationalize things. I'm saying this because I hope today that you understand that he was fully human and he accomplished his father's work. He did that. He stepped down out of eternity into into history, and he accomplished what the Father wanted him to do, being fully human. But all the time, never losing that fellowship with God, never losing that fellowship with the Father and the Holy Spirit, right? He constantly had that. And I really liked what Pastor Jay had shared, um, I believe, last week during communion about, you know, when the Father looked away, um, you know, and that only one time, you know, that there was a, a loss of connection there, you know, because of the sin that Jesus had on, on him. That was our sin. And that really kind of hit home with me when I, when I thought about that too. And when I was also thinking about Jesus' humanity, I was thinking about this. In John 10, 10, it says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And Jesus came to save us. We know that. But Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. And when I was thinking about that, I was like, it was funny because last night I was saying that I was um, at the hospital with my, my dad, and he's home and he's, he's okay right now. But um, I was, I was kind of preaching him a little sermon in there because they were bored. And I was, we were just talking about stuff. And I was talking about life and life more abundantly. And I said, you know what, it's, it's interesting because Jesus you know, came, and, and, he, and he gives us, and when, when we accept Jesus and we believe in him and we follow him, we know we have the gift of eternity, right? We have eternity. But Jesus also says, hey, you're on this earth, and I want you to live. I want you to enjoy life. I want you to live abundantly. You know, the one thing about Jesus was he lived his life, and although it wasn't long in, in his 33 years, it wasn't long in terms of how people live today, how long people live today, and even then probably either. But, um, you know, the reality was is he lived his life passionately. He fulfilled his father's purposes. He was obedient to God. And he was probably a very happy man. You know, they don't speak much about that in scripture about those kind of things, but he lived life to the fullest. He made sure that he made every day count. And I think that with us, you know, as we walk into this, you know, upcoming weekend, reflect on the death and the resurrection of Jesus and what he did for us, we need to remember that the humanity of Jesus, we need to remember that he was human and he is human, and he will continue to be human in eternity with us. And that was the other thing that I was like, you know, again, I've heard before, but I never realized that. You know, Jesus isn't going to change his state. He's human. He died a physical death. He rose from the dead, right? His body was human. He came to his disciples after and showed him the wounds on him. He ascended into heaven human, And again, it comes, I want to read this scripture here. 
um, in Revelation. Because, you know, we, uh, we talk about Jesus accepting Jesus, and we, and we sometimes forget that he's coming back. We don't talk about that much. So in Revelation 19, 11, 16, it says, and this is, this is kind of cool because I thought this is how we're going to see Jesus come again. I saw heaven standing open, and there, were, and there before me was a white horse. Not a donkey, a white horse, right? Majesty, warrior, right? Whose rider is called faithful and true. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. And he has a name written on him that no one, but he him, that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dripped in blood, and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean, coming out of his mouth as a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepresses of fury, of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, right? And we see him coming into Jerusalem, city of sacrifices, right? And then we look and we flip to the book of Revelation. He comes in on, you know, Palm Sunday on a donkey, Prince of Peace. People recognize him. He goes, you know, he goes through suffering. He dies on the cross, conquers the grave, ascends into heaven, and then is coming back, is going to be in majesty on a white horse, right? Signifying king, signifying warrior, signifying majesty, right? That's our God, people. That is Jesus. So I pray this morning, I pray this morning that you would recognize that. You know, Jesus knew life, and, he, and, and like I said, he knew how to live it. And I just want to encourage you this morning to take the time to really reflect and, and really see the human side, the humanity, and look at the divine side too. Keep, look at the picture. Look at the full circle of Jesus because that gives you the full um, picture of what he did on the cross, right? Let's pray. Oh, God, I just thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We just thank you, God, for the, the work that you accomplished, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that you, you came down and you chose to be fully human so that we can relate to you, Lord God, that you could say to us, I know I've done that. I know what that feels like. And you paid the ultimate price for us, God. And we just say thank you. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, God. I just really feel right now, too, if there's any of you here that do not know the Lord, if there's anybody here this morning I'm not going to make a big, huge spectacle or anything like that. I'm just going to say, if you do not know the Lord and you do not have a relationship with Jesus, I pray this morning that you would see him for who he really is. You know, the one thing that I did see, too, is I saw not only do I love Jesus, I truly love Jesus, but I respect him as a man. I respect him as a man. And 
I just pray if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, um, that you would just take this time to just ask him to come into your heart. Ask him to be your Lord and Savior. Ask him to, to forgive your sins because that's what he went to the cross for. And, you know, there's that old song, he had me on, he had, Jesus had me on my, in his mind on the cross kind of thing. I don't know the exact words of it, but, you know, he did. So um, maybe the worship team can come up now. And uh, we're just going to sing uh, a song, uh, the last song that Pastor Mitch had. And I just, I just want this to be a time for you. And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to be sensational about this. I just really feel it's important that, that we just take this time just before, you know, as we enter into Passion Week, to really make that dedication to the Lord of our lives. To really say, God, I'm set. I'm on the right track with you. I know that I, I, I love you and I, and I want to follow you all the days of my life. And I am, I am an open vessel for you, God, to do what you want, to do your will here. So let's just sing this song and then just, and then to just, just really meditate on that. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to our message. We hope that it blessed and encouraged you. If you would like to know more about Parkway Church, you can visit our visit tab at parkway-church.com. And if you like what you hear, we would love to come have you join us on a Sunday morning here in Corona at 10 a.m.